I'm going to step aside for one second here, and I'm going to let my guy Todd bang on his drum a little bit. Because that's what we do after the Packers win, especially when they punch their ticket to another NFC championship game. And this time, at Lambeau. Beautiful. Come and get some, Tom Brady. Come and get some, Buccaneers. This will just be the, what, second time the Packers and the Bucks met in the playoffs. Yes, sir. After the Packers tune up the LA Rams, that number one defense, please stop it. Packers went 32 to 18. Taking down Aaron Donald, taking down Jalen Ramsey, taking down Jared Goff. Yada, 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 yada. Rodgers reigns supremes. Two touchdowns. Even ran for one, too. Nice little run attack for the Packers. Defense looked great. Man, Rashawn Gary was crushing it. He was graded out as the best defender on there. He was the highest graded defensive player for the Packers against the Ram. Jesus. Rashawn Gary finally coming into his own. Packers just get it done. I can only think of one bad thing. You're going to have drops in every game. Rowdy pointed out there's four drops. The only thing that really bugged me, and it was special teams related, was it was a bad snap, and J.K. Scott like couldn't get the ball turned around fast enough, and then he started running with it. <laughs> and then he, that was actually pretty funny to watch. Then he flung it to Mason Crosby for some reason. It's like, dude, J.K. Scott, you just get tackled. Let don't let they, Mason. Get they also did have that uh, punt return on him that went oh, for yeah, that's true. Uh, a nice little return. Yeah, it was funny to watch the scene. I, I mentioned about J.K. Scott how... run with that ball. <laughs> I mentioned how the Browns were the dirtiest team yeah. due to potential skid marks. <laughs> I think J.K. Scott and Mason Crosby had skid marks in their underwear during that little PAT. Did you see how peeved Mason Crosby was afterwards? Because, I mean, he got tackled weird. And then he, he took a while to come back out of the locker room at halftime. But thankfully, he was well, fine. That was, but he's like peeved that J.K. says, like, why did you throw well, me the ball? Yeah, J.K. Scott <laughs> throws him the ball. Why did you do that? After, you do obviously, this? a bad snap, they didn't get it down in time. And then... It was almost like a hot potato because yeah. then Crosby's like, like I, don't I don't want, want this. this and throws it back. Like, what do you want me to do with this thing? Like, J.K. Scott, be the sacrificial lamb, okay? J.K. Scott clearly does not like to get tackled or tackle someone. Because go back a couple games like ago. Yeah, it does not like the physical contact. I'm going to say that J.K. Scott probably also drinks soy milk. Whoa. Well, so does Aaron Rodgers. What does that mean? I And, and Tom Brady. You see... J.K. Scott, you see J.K. Scott trying to uh, make a tackle? Nope. You see him wanting the football? I mean, you see him try to make a tackle. Well, then I see Aaron. Do you really feel like that's trying? He's he's making it look like it. Well, okay, okay. a couple (laughs) games ago, J.K. Scott really shied away from a tackle. It was really bad. And then the second game he laid for him. A little bit. Like of at wood. least we know Mason Crosby's gonna try and at least stick his head in there. Yeah, Mason Crosby will mess somebody up. But Mason Crosby <laughs> at gets least that ball diving at the feet. He's yeah. like looking at J.K. Says like, "Why are you giving me this ball? I'm like, I don't. What do you what, want me to do? What I'm are you doing? I'm son? a kicker. Like, what do you want yeah, from me?" J.K. Scott's looking closer to like Big Bird out there with his feet all crossed up. <laughs> that was pretty hilarious watching J.K. Scott just like hot potato with the ball. <laughs> Literally the only bad thing in that game I can think of. Um, Packers look damn good. In fact, that number one uh, defense for the L.A. Rams, they got kind of taken behind the woodshed. The Rams came into that game. They did not allow any team to run more than 136 yards. The Packers put up 188, averaged 5.2 yards a carry. No offense had gained more than 390 yards on the Rams this season. Packers put up 484. And then there is uh, the fact that one of the saltiest defenses in getting after the quarterback who ranked second in sacks this year, hit Rodgers just once, and Rodgers wasn't even sacked. Rodgers' laundry guy didn't have to take the night off, dude. <laughs> Rodgers' jersey was clean. Dude, the LA Rams, Aaron Donald was so bad he was crying at the end of the game. Did you guys see that? I did. Rowdy, did you see Aaron Donald crying? Yeah, he was no no-shawn Moreno, but there were definitely tears. Yeah, yeah no-shawn. Remember that national anthem That's when no-shawn had like... Dream. Like the te- one of Noshan Moreno's tears was like the size of like a quarter. It was insane. No, it was out of both eyes. It was, it was just, just like a faucet. One tear was like huge. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Aaron Donald, even though he wasn't a hundred percent, he had only what? How many tackles did he have, Rowdy? Just one. One. Uh. One. No other statistic found in this box score. One tackle. No, that's no, not true. One tackle and many tears. Fifteen yard personal foul. <laughs> Good point. A 15-yard personal foul because Elkin Jenkins was in his head from about the first snap. 
Yeah, and they're like, and Rowdy pointed this out before on the broadcast. They're like, yeah, Aaron Donald, they said uh, Sean McVay said he's not going to be on a snap count. He's going to be out there. That dude is definitely on a snap. He they was started hardly, pointing it out, too. He was hardly on the field in the second yeah. half. Yeah. He started pointing it out when they were like, they told us that uh, he wasn't on a snap count, but clearly he is. He's on the sideline right now. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, oh. <laughs> and then you look at what Jalen Ramsey, I mean, obviously didn't stay against Devontae Adams the entire time, but the it was the play calling and the scheming of Matt LaFleur right away when they were right on the goal line and they had that little pass uh, to Devontae Adams. That was a thing of beauty. And Jalen Ramsey started freaking out. My favorite one was the slant uh, that, you know, Adams, it wasn't even like a five-yard and slant. It was just a straight slant yeah. that he did a little stutter step on and Ramsey bit and started backpedaling. And he hits that slant, catches the ball, and you just see Ramsey keep backpedaling yeah. to make it look like he had to drop and cover Coverage, yeah. cover, cover a zone. It was awesome, man. It was awesome. In fact, uh, I have comments right here. Devontae Adams talks in his matchup against uh, Jalen Ramsey. Let's hear what Diaz said. I mean, we all know what Jalen's about. He's a great player. And, um, yeah, we, we came out with the win tonight. I don't, I don't know what I finished with, but, you know, I was proud of my tape and um, probably the rest of my guys' tape, so that's really the, the most important part of the of the night. Well, uh, the end of the night, Devontae Adams recorded nine catches for only 66 yards and that one touchdown, but, I mean, he did his part. Everyone played their role very well. Uh, Alan Lazard had led the way with yardage, 96 and a touchdown, uh, four catches. It was that touchdown when Aaron Rodgers is under center, and he's like, it's all over Twitter right now. You can find the video. Aaron Rodgers is scanning the defense, and he just... <laughs> Cracks this big smile. Well, he looks up at the scoreboard. Yeah. And then you just see And he cracks a big smile, hikes the ball, and then hits Alan Lazard for the touchdown. I was like, that is. Imagine having any other quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Imagine having to cheer for someone else. Imagine Jared Goff back there. Not happening. Aaron Rodgers was just, he was everything we wanted and more. 23 of 36, 296 yards, threw for two touchdowns, ran for a touchdown as well. A QBR of 92.1 and a rating of 108.1. Is that, is that good? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good. I mean, Jared Goff was no schlep either with the pins in his thumb. Yeah. I mean, he was 21 of 27, 174 yards in a tutty. Crazy what happens when you flood a zone and nobody's covered. Yeah. Yeah, The, the and Rowdy was pointing that out earlier, that Jared Goff was just hitting his targets in the zone, and they did not, the Rams did not use Cam Akers enough because Cam, Cam Akers was running pretty good. Yeah. I, I was a little surprised at that, how much he wasn't used, and they were like, comparing his stats to the week prior and you're just like well he was getting more touches then <laughs> and yeah like i think if i feel like they were overthinking the use of cam Akers, which i'm okay with i'm fine, I'm fine with it um, how about you Rod? are you right with that yeah i'm 100 percent all right <laughs> with that i think another thing that the rams did obviously earlier in the game like the first first half the packers are playing a lot of zone and jared goff was finding the zones but outside of the first half I feel like it was just a lot of short, I don't want to call them necessarily checkdowns, but shorter routes run by yeah. Woods yeah. and uh, Van Jefferson, where it was just all short routes that they were giving him underneath. And mm -hmm. yeah, he was hitting them. He was 21 for 27, but it wasn't like they, especially in the second half, it wasn't like they were stretching the field. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was uh, the Packers. I mean, I, they played in every. They played well in every phase of the game. Besides us joking around about J.K. Scott <laughs> <laughs> playing hot potato with Mason Crosby and Mason Crosby getting a little pissed off about it. But yeah, it was uh, the Packers were. Would you say that's the most complete performance we've seen from the Packers in quite some time? I mean, not quite some time, but they've had some good ones. But yeah, I mean, maybe in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only thing that was a little bit nerve wracking was that third quarter once mm -hmm. again, where I know they scored a touchdown. But it just seemed like for most of that quarter, the break was on again. And they were riding the break. Yeah. I, and that, and well, they still scored points. So usually they didn't score points in the third. And that's a little nerve-wracking, especially because now it's playoff football. It's win or go home. Mm -hmm. And the games are only going to get tougher from here on out. The Rams, obviously, we talked about all the injuries that they were dealing with. They had a lot of disadvantages where the Packers had better matchups at the time. Yep. That third quarter is still a little alarming. They scored, but it was still a little alarming. Yep. Uh, more comments here from Devontae Adams. Let's talk about uh, with his matchup with Jalen Ramsey because it's something we were talking about on Friday. We had our Twitter poll. You know, what's the biggest concern moving forward? Aaron Donald against the Packers O-line and Aaron Rodgers won in that Twitter poll. I voted for Jalen Ramsey just because, you know, Donald had that little rib injury and the Packers line was been able to play, despite playing musical chairs all season, was still able to uh, – 
you know, put in some good efforts out there. Aaron Rodgers gave the line, the MVP after the game. Uh, but let's uh, hear from Devontae Adams. He had a pregame altercation with Jalen Ramsey. I just saw him over there with a camera, and he was looking at me. So I just went over um, to holler at him real quick and just remind him that, I, you know, I'm not – and it wasn't in a disrespectful way or nothing like that just because, I, like I said, I respect Jalen as a player. So I just said, look, I'm not some of the dudes that you covered. So I just want I just want you to come with me and, and follow me everywhere. And um, let's let's get the people what they uh, what they came here for. How cool is that? Devonta Adams knows he's like, okay, I'm a beast. You're a beast. Let's give the people a show. Yeah, I love that Devonta Adams has got the cojones to go over there and be like, let's put on a show, dude. I'm gonna beat you no matter what. He's also got the cojones to disrespect him and say he's one of the top four corners in the. Yeah, he NFL. called them super elite. Super elite. One Devonta of the top Adams four called super elite. Jalen Ramsey super elite, and it was like Ed Warner for ESPN was like, that's disrespectful. So disrespectful, right? It's now. Like, how do you? Huh? What? Saying someone's super elite's disrespectful? Uh, here is more from uh, Devontae Adams on what they saw on his touchdown. Because right when they scored, when the Packers went down there and got that touchdown, were you guys like, okay, here we go. This is it? Yeah. Like, this is the one? Here's uh, Devontae Adams saying uh, what they saw. They saw man coverage on his tutty and took advantage of Jalen Ramsey. I'll say three to five snaps the entire game of man coverage. So that was one of them, and it, we, were, we were hoping to get that. That's why I motioned to the other side just to see first. And then once he traveled with me, it, with him not traveling the entire game, it's a, it's a tell-all let you know what coverage they're in. So for me, once I saw him going, it was just about getting over there to um, – you know, back to the other side with as much speed as possible. And here's more from Adams on his touchdown. I think the timing was perfect. Really, I had the easy job. It's just about timing it up and, and making sure I'm, I'm moving full speed because it's tough to cover all of that ground. You know, the hardest part is turning back and catching the ball that's, you know, that's inside. It's, that's probably the toughest part, but tough. even that was that was easy. I think it was just a great play design. And Aaron put that ball out there for me to be able to make a play. And so if it sounded like a herd of buffalo stampeding in the background, that was actually the Packers' social media manager who forgot to mute themselves, and it was them typing out it, on that's Twitter. That's actually the social media manager? That's, that's what I was gathered. Oh. That's what they're, they're like, tell a bunch of people, like, tell your social media manager to mute their mic because they're typing for, like, putting the quotes on Twitter. Oh, so, yeah, I get, and it would tell you who's, who's on. So yeah. we're about 10 months into this pandemic, and they've been using, Zoom. what, Zoom for about 10 months now? Yeah. How many more months until you figure out how to use it correctly? But Never. Hopefully the, by the... The sad thing is, it's a social media manager. That person. I mean, that's know. that's what that was being. That's what it was assumed. I should say. Online. Well, no, but I mean, you, you know, the name comes up where the sounds yeah. coming from. Yeah. So if you're hearing Devonte Adams, but you're seeing the non-picture it's, icon it's the, and the name shows it's up, it's the host. Yeah. Yeah. The host. Legit of the question for you guys, though: If you're under the age of forty, are you qualified to be a social media manager? No. Under the age of 40? Under the age of 40. Well, yes. Being the fact that you basically <laughs> grew up ageism with over here. social yeah. media. Over the age of 40? Sorry, you're probably not Yeah, just because you it. didn't grow up with, with it. Yeah. 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 You're, but I you're feel not like, quite grasping the concept. I feel like all three of us in this room right now could do stuff on social media yes. and say, this is how you do it, and yeah. do it pretty well. There is something right. about Gen X that it just <laughs> struggles. And RJ, you bridged the gap a little bit. But I think, yeah, okay, I'm not trying to, in there. and if you are a social media manager in your 40s and plus, good for you. I'm sure you do it very well. But there's a lot of people that we know personally that are over the age of 40 and just suck ass at social media. <laughs> it's like, you are just bad at this. And it's not your fault. You just did grow yeah, up with computers not your fault. and technology. It's not your fault. Like, you can't yet, teach an old dog new tricks. There are people who go and take classes, and yeah, they do fine. Uh, but yeah, the generally the people who are going to be better... <laughs> At things like that. Let's go from Packers as who's good at social media. <laughs> right. But I mean, it's a real thing. Well, you're here. Listen, a... listen to the freaking, listen to the guy. I think the timing was listen. perfect. And catching the ball that's, you know, that's inside. Is, it's like Buffalo That's probably the toughest stampede. part, but even that was, that was easy. I think it was just a great play. Design. Turn your mute on. I mean, the good news is at least it's not a Hutton Pecker with the, the two finger typing where it's, you hear the solid pounding. So solid pounding, so are, hell yeah! So are we now, Sounds like a good weekend. Are we now confirming that this person is probably between the age of forty and fifty-five? Since they're not a pecker, they're they're actually typing. No, no, no. I think they're still within the age of computers. <laughs> yep, definitely <laughs> um, in the age of computers. So they they probably grew up with computers the way they're typing. Um, it's just they. Uh, I'm going to guess 40 to 55. <laughs> All right, boys. This is uh, Good Morning Doug and Shano. He has uh, he said about the people over 40 on social media. 
<laughs> it's not your fault, man. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Don't f with me, all oh. right? Don't f button. Me, Sean, not what you. Are you doing? <laughs> I forgot that her swearing you can't in that. Play that. RJ, I have a dump button. I can play whatever the hell I want. It's not your fault. There you go, Doug. It's not. Oops, your fault. <laughs> just, just a couple. It's not. F bombs in the morning. Here's the thing. It's not have my you fault. Ever watched that movie. RJ, I can play. It's my show. I can play whatever I want to play on my show. Oh, and not, not I have really. not. I am not. Huh? It's a not really. I have a dump button. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean you can't. I'm gonna play it again for you. How about that? Good luck. All right, so there you go, Doug. That one's for you. He says, uh, "I'm hugging you now, RJ, and saying it's not your fault." Social media managers, right there, it's not your fault. Are you guys gonna be all right with a little Goodwill Hunting clip here? You're gonna be I okay. I didn't know I was a social media manager. You're gonna be all right with me playing that? You're gonna be all right? Sure. All right, good. All right, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Twitter is at Zone Madison. <laughs> So Devontae Adams got his in a way over Jalen Ramsey. I mean, what do we take? Did who who wins that matchup? Obviously the Packers win, but who wins that matchup? Is it Devontae Adams? He got a touchdown, nine catches, but only sixty six yards. I'm gonna say that Devontae Adams won the matchup. I mean, he had overall the better game. I guess if you were looking to be positive and say it's not your fault, Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> it's not your fault. But uh, there was a lot of good plays that were drawn up for Devontae Adams to get open looks against Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. So you got to take a little of that into consideration. But also, there were times where Devontae Adams just straight up beat him off the line. Yeah, but that's the game, too. I mean, if yeah. you're scheming to get him open, you know the guy's tendencies. Yes. Um, and I just thought the I fact mean, that he came up to him in the pregame would be like, let's put on a show. Yeah, and, you know what? Good for him. Jalen Ramsey, four total tackles, one solo. And that's. I mean, he bragged about, about covering DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf's only route is a fly route. Well, <laughs> and it's if not you, that hard to cover that. If you're a Devontae Adams type player and you know you're going up against probably the best corner in football and your final box score is nine catches for 66 yards and a touchdown, you did your job. Yeah, you got the score. Well, the only other wide receiver to score a touchdown on Jalen Ramsey was week three. It was Stephon Diggs, and he only had one catch for four yards, but that was a touchdown. Other than that, I mean, Devontae Adams, is he won. They won. You know who else won their matchup? The Packers line over Aaron Donald. So did, did the official stat sheet give uh, Ramsey the touchdown against then? You'd have to because yeah. so. he was a guy that was, that was, was uh, spying him. Yeah, in, I mean – they they yeah they talked. You would have to. I was just wondering because you know he stopped and was like, no, Now granted, you would have thought that there's probably some miscommunication because you would have probably in that type of scenario would have had that other corner bump out to take him. Yeah. But obviously, when you're trailing the other guy and mirroring him, that's your that's your assignment. Yeah, yeah. that's your game. How about this? Sticking on the football field, but to the Wisconsin Badgers, sixth year coming up for the cornerback. Caesar Williams for Wisconsin. He is uh, announcing he's planning to take advantage of the waiver from the NCAA due to the pandemic, and he's coming back, and it gives the Badgers eight starters back on that side of the ball. And he did have a pretty funny tweet. Caesar Williams said, uh, let's see here, yesterday around 7 o'clock, quote, I really just want to pick Jack off, but it's all love. Crying, laughing emoji. What do you guys think? Sixth year for Caesar Williams? How about that for experience? Yeah, so Caesar yeah. Williams talking about coming back for his sixth year. Wasn't it uh, Garrett Groshak said he will not be coming back for his sixth year? Yeah. Yep. So that just that makes that running back room even more thin. Yes, yep. it does. Yep. But right now we're looking at the defense for the Pack or for the Badgers. Uh, Williams started all seven games this season for the Badgies. Eighteen tackles, one tackle for loss, and two pass breakups. Texas product, part of the unit that finished fourth in the Big Ten in passing defense in twenty twenty. Um, six freaking years, man. So he's going to join uh, Kendrick Pryor, the wide receiver, the safety Colin Wilder, outside linebacker Noah Burks, and inside linebacker uh, Mike Masculunas. I always screw this guy's name up. Masculunas as uh, coming back here. So Badgers with their pieces coming back. I don't know. Have you guys even heard how they're going to figure out all of the? I don't. I guess they're going to. We're going to let them do it. But have you guys heard how they're going to figure out all this uh, scholarship stuff? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Interesting. Good luck. Yeah, good luck with that one. We'll let you guys decide that. As uh, we'll just talk about what I mean, you bringing end up back, doing. regardless of the scholarship situation, bringing back guys like the Caesar Williams of the world and some of the other players that you named, it's not going to make the Badgers any worse. No, no, I like the experience. Uh, let's see here. Caesar Williams says, "Dear Badger, dear Wisconsin Badgers, 
The University of Wisconsin showed me nothing but love from the first day I was being recruited with uh, all of the many challenges we were facing in the world. I've managed to grow closer to my family, teammates, and coaching staff as I embark upon the next steps in my journey. It is clear to me that this team has a lot more to accomplish, and after a lot of self-reflection, I am excited to declare my intent to stay for another year. I am looking forward to my senior season and what my team and I can achieve through hard work and dedication. Thank you uh, for giving me the opportunity to be the best I can be. Regards, Caesar Williams. All right, so this I'm just imagining that the Badger defense is going to be pretty good next year. What do you guys think? I think so. Yeah, you're not <laughs> I, really I, I losing, think so. Not really losing anything right now. Really, the only players that you're losing are on the defensive line. What, Isaiah Laudermilk and Garrett yeah, Rand right. retiring? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you still have a really young Keanu Benton who's got a lot of experience in yep. two seasons. I know he, he, what, he walked off the field with an injury in the Dukes Mayo Bowl, but, again, that's months away now from the start of the right. season. And uh, you you're Man- adding. Henningsing. Uh, is that Hen- Henning? Henningsing? <laughs> sure. We're going to go with it. <laughs> you're, you're bringing <laughs> We're gonna back go with it, pretty you? much every single linebacker. Yep. Your secondary, you're bringing back the majority of your secondary, what, outside of Burrell and Wild Goose? Yeah. 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 It's going to be nice. The defense will for be the good. Defense. Players have until March 1st to decide. Uh, let's see. The only names we haven't heard, Rowdy brought up what? It was Gro- Garrett Groshek saying he's done. Yeah. Wide receiver Jack Dunn indicated he's interested in returning. I know Nelly's excited about that. Uh, there's nothing. Al- he also said if there's he nothing official he wants to come back as a GA. There's nothing official from him yet. From Still Jack nothing Dunn. on Danny Davis. And Danny yeah. Davis has not said anything yet, despite it was Joe Rudolph, the OC, saying that he would assume, assuming he's coming back with Kendrick Pryor. You look at what the Badgers have coming back and guys that have made their announcements. The defense is still going to be tough as nails. Yeah. There's just so many question marks on offense. Mm-hmm. What's Graham Mertz going to look like? Because it's pretty much uh, official that he's going to be your co- quarterback moving forward. Yep. The running back room now loses Groshak and Watson. So now you're sitting there with Jalen Berger, who was on a snap count all year. Yeah. 15 carries, that was it? Isaac Garendo, who was... <laughs> but he's not on a snap count. Not very impressive. Well, he was injured, too, a little bit. Not on a snap And count. a collection of other guys that had maybe five carries all combined. And then yeah. there's talks of a kid from USC didn't he transferring up, Didn't he, he transfer somewhere else, though? To Nebraska. Yeah, he went to Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. So now... So he's not coming. There's a lot, there's a lot of questions. And he was going somewhere there. else. Yeah. You still don't know if Davis... Is coming back. Obviously, he's a key piece at, at the wide receiver position with Pryor. Mm-hmm. So you got one of those guys for sure coming back. Ferguson announced that he was coming back. Yep, yep, he's back. But yeah, just a lot of question. Obviously, the line. I never am, am worried yeah. about the offensive line. No, they just funnel guys through. Right. I'm only worried about the wide receivers and, and quarterbacks. If they look shaky, it's because it's usually the first couple of starts together, so they're getting to know each other. And once like a uh, uh, one or two games are under their belt. They tend to do. It's always the same thing you're worried about, right? Wide receivers and the quarterback. I'm worried about the running backs too. Yeah, because outside of Jalen Berger, Badgers have always been able to reload nice. I know they're a little thin now, but right now you have one guy. Yeah, I mean they've always been able to reload though. That's I'll be concerned if we see it not come to fruition. You know, once the season starts, but they've been doing it their whole (laughs) to be completely honest. Career that reload sucked this year. It was literally Jalen Berger on a guy that you limited. No, the whole season sucked this year. Yeah. I mean, they played seven games. <laughs> it was terrible. They I, did. Do you guys know much about the tight ends? I feel like they're even light at tight end behind Ferguson. There's no one. Because it always seems like there's that second guy that always seems to step up right when it's the other tight end at the time that's kind of like the, the big dog on campus at the position. There really hasn't been that second tight end that stepped up either. Yeah. Um, they're they're highly recruited tight ends. Yeah. It, so well, Rucci's the, coming in. Yeah. Well, that's well, the tackle. I guess he's been there. He's been there. The brother's coming um, in. Ben, uh, Bo Benchwall's cousin, I think, is is a highly rated tight end uh, out of this state. They don't have anyone year. anyone else being six year senior coming back. Like, hey, I'm coming. Uh, not that I heard <laughs> of. Uh, what else happened over the weekend? Friday night, kicking things off. Your Wisconsin Badger basketball team bounced back with an ugly loss uh, to Michigan to have a uh, a second half surge. Where they usually don't play very well at the rack, they won sixty to fifty-four. Demetrius Trice again, uh, having a not a huge game scoring, but my God, he did it when it mattered, and he looked good. Aleem Ford, nice and aggressive. Uh, other than that, though, the Badgers kind of exposed again down low in the paint. Kind of can, not kind of is concerning. But Wisconsin found a way to win in a place that they don't do very well at, and it is Big Ten basketball. It is nice to see them bouncing back from that Michigan loss. By the way, then Michigan went and got housed by Minnesota. 
57, 75, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Big Ten's wild, man. Big Ten's wild. Yeah, without, without the performance of Demetri Trice down the stretch, obviously you named a lean forward, played pretty well. And I'll even say Brad Davison, not that he shot the ball overly well, but yeah. the the how well he was shooting from three was obviously nice going mm-hmm. three for nine. Yep. And obviously perfect from the free throw line. But yeah, outside of those three players, <laughs> alarming because exactly the rebounding's bad. What's plagued them all year is continuing to plague them. And Rutgers, they were already short at the post position with a guy being injured. They had another guy that he was their lone post, and then what? The other guy that was working in was a guy that gets like five minutes a game yeah. on the re- on the reg. Yeah. Well, it, it, and that was just the thing. Like they didn't even attempt to go towards the paint. It looked like. I mean, it, there were a couple of times where uh, you saw Aleem Ford go towards and have some of those like little underhand around the hoop uh, layups. But Aleem did that, that one thing. Do you see that reverse layup that Aleem Ford had? Yeah. That was well, that's, that even, was sick. They started Tyler Wall in place of uh, Reavers, Good, which fine. fine, okay, whatever. Wouldn't you think that would probably light a fire under Reavers' butt? You would think. Well, guess what? He, he it made didn't. A three pointer. <laughs> he made a three pointer as a kid that's like six eleven. Yeah, Nate Reavers in the post. Nate Reavers relegated the bench now only seventeen minutes for Reavers. He was one for five. Had three points, and it was that one three pointer. RJ. He was on the court for seventeen minutes, RJ, and he had as many rebounds as you, me, and Ebo. Zero. Zero. <laughs> Zero. He had one personal foul and one block, and one three pointer. Nate Reavers has just. Bottomed out. That is your third team all Big Ten. All time block leader for I'd hate to see the fourth team. I'd hate to see the well, third team, fourth team. I mean, they all that, just get that's ribbons. That's called honorable mention. Yeah. So uh, the rebounding <laughs> was, was so bad. The rebounding so bad for the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, Rutgers owned the board on both ends as the Scarlet Knights out rebounded Wisconsin by 15, 50 to 35. And 20 of their boards came on the offensive end. Where is. Where is the tenacity around the glass? And you can go paint? one further. Yeah, I understand that they won. They got a win. They needed to win that game. If you were a betting person, yeah, they got the cover. But you look at how lucky they did to be in that position. Mm-hmm. Rutgers shot 10% from three-point land. <laughs> Rutgers shot less than 30% from the free-throw line. Yeah. That's ridiculously bad, and you're lucky to have won, and you still needed Demetric Trice getting hot down the stretch to do it. Good thing he got Trice. Trice I mean, has been having a hell of a season. The number nine ranked Wisconsin Badger team should be embarrassed by that performance, though they got a win. That's the Big Ten, and they're on the road in the rack where they don't play well. I think it's a nice win for them. I know they went through a lot of adversity, and they got a win. They bounced back after beating Michigan, a place that they don't do well at, and found a way to get it done. I, I'm taking glass half full here. <laughs> like Michigan just got housed by Minnesota um, over the just the other day. So I'm taking this as a good thing. Yeah, there's some troubling, concerning things, but you could do that for every single game. Badgers down in the paint need work big time, but I'm taking it as a good good sign that they got a win on the road. It was nice. They haven't even been home. They, they were on the road ever since Michigan, staying in Jersey. With yeah. Nate Reavers playing this bad, how long until you start to see someone like a Steven Crowell get more playing time? Because 17 minutes from a, a well, kid that's... He's already benched. That's what I'm saying. E- even saying more. like benched, benched. Like, like I'm like, talking like... Like less not, than 10 minutes? I'm talking yeah. like this ki- This guy is getting less than 10 minutes, and now you're seeing some Steven Crowell getting more time. Obviously, Has he's he the young big. I don't know, but can, do you think <laughs> what he is, can What's do Crowell even minute, averaging a minute right now? Like three minutes, a, a minute and a uh, half a game? more early. I'd say less than that. Yeah, 30 again, seconds. Because I haven't seen yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen, seen him in forever. Either. In 17 minutes, do you think he could score three points with no boards? I feel like that's very doable. Yeah. Or uh, even, who, uh, what about like a, a Joe Hedstrom who's been there <laughs> for what feels like forever? Like, I know at least I, from those two guys, you're going to get some effort. I hate to right. burst your bubble. I don't think we're going to be seeing them getting more minutes than Reavers for the major- the rest of this season. If anything, Reavers will just come off the bench now. I mean, Tyler Wall, only four points, but Wall brings it on the defense. Yeah, at on least the Wall, side, he's at Wall least can hit the... Willing to mix it up. Yeah, and he can at least get some rebounds. They ain't Reavers. I, yes. What happened to him, man? I what no, happened to Reavers? For, for talking about bursting bubbles, if Reavers continues to play this way and they only go with a three-man rotation outside of uh, the starters, this team isn't going to go very far. All right, here is... Comments from Greg Gard about all the points in the paint that uh, went for Rutgers. 
they're they're a handful to keep out of the paint. Always have been. And just because they get you moving around and and like I said, Jacob Young is as quick a, and I've seen a lot of almost everybody they played try to handle him in ball screens and do everything on planet Earth to try to contain him. And he's he's a load. I mean, he's so quick he's, and so shifty. You know, he gets you spun in a lot of ways. So it's it's hard. It's credit to them because. Those uh, those guards are good. All right, I got comments about why Wall started over Reavers from guard, but first let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Hey, boys, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. What's up, man? Hey, how are you guys doing? We're doing good. Riding high after that Packers victory, my man. Oh, hell yeah. You know, I think the biggest victory of the weekend, it wasn't in Wisconsin. It was Minnesota beating Michigan. How about that? That was an ass stomping. Oh, man, I, I had all faith in Wisconsin sports, but, man, over <laughs> Michigan, that was phenomenal. Yeah, they, they cru- Minnesota crushed them 75-57. to 57. Oh, man, there was nothing on TV, and I just happened to catch that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm tuned in. Well, my man Kyle's beaming ear to ear. Yeah. Oh, it, it was great. Also, I want to say, whoever the hell is coaching up Tyler Wall, props to them, man. That kid has just been just phenomenal this year every week he just gets better yeah he's that like that uh that's just that grinder out there the guy that does all the dirty work yeah i mean he's just he's just amazing you know beginning of the season his ball skills were terrible he kind of reminded me of the, of the of the dorky kid that you know had a blind date with a hot girl and didn't know what the hell to do with her <laughs> and not, now he's taking her upstairs <laughs> i love the analogy kyle good stuff dude what's up with reavers kyle help help us out I have no idea. He's got the yips or summer. or he's got girl problems, or who, who the well, hell knows what's going on. I know he got engaged over uh, the summer. I saw that. Well, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe him and the him and the fiance are uh, not seeing eye to eye. Who knows, man? Well, I know his fiance is a Minnesota Timberwolves uh, cheerleader dancer. Oh, she is. Yeah, so maybe maybe Reavers is like, man, she sees the guys know how to play real basketball up there, and I'm here. I am struggling. I'm benched. Right. Confidence yeah, no, killer. Confidence not, not, killer. Now he's really got his work cut out for him. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, Kyle, what do you think, dude? The Battle of the Bays, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Lambeau Field. Could it get any better? Bring it, man. I want to punch him right in the mouth. <laughs> I'll blend on there, Kyle. Good stuff, my man. Have a good day, guys. See you, buddy. Man, Kyle's fired up. Punch Tom Brady right in the mouth, his pretty little face. My wife said she was pretty, uh, pretty glad to see Tom Brady punch his ticket in, boys. Eye candy. You think Giselle will be at Lambeau? Yeah. And who's prettier, Giselle or Tom Brady? Giselle. Who's a prettier person? Giselle. You think so? Tom Brady's she's I mean, pretty boy. She's made like millions. She of makes dollars a lot more than Tom bro- than Tom does. Yeah. He's he's not the breadwinner. No. As Giselle as Giselle is, is the breadwinner in that when family. A guy's believe making like millions and millions, millions and millions year, of dollars, and his wife's just like. Oh, I just did a photo shoot and made twenty million. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. Well, let me play another season, and I'll make that real quick. <laughs> All right, here's more from uh, Greg Gard back to the Badgers on why Wall started over Nate Reavers. I had to have mobility on Harper because we were going to have to do some some switching with some things, ball screens and things like that. So it gave us some you know, the flexibility to be able to do that and and stay a little more mobile on uh, the fact that they play you know really four guards if you count Har- Harper as a guard. <sighs> I don't know, you buying that? Well, they only played they played four guards for the most part in the game because they just not don't have they big don't, men. They don't have height on Rutgers. They have one clear cut big man, the other one's injured, and the other guy plays like five minutes a game. Yeah, I mean they don't just that's what they recruited. Like we always knew that. I don't know, man. Uh here's more from Gardo about the effort and the grit. Really it was such a an effort in a scrap game. I mean, everybody that played got on the floor. Tonight, the eight guys that played, you know, the energy and the grit and the togetherness, I, I thought was it's what it takes to to win against Rutgers. You've got to you've got to play exceptionally hard, and it's not always going to be pretty. It may not going to look good on the stat sheet and areas, but you, know, you got to, be able to try to match how hard and, and aggressive and gritty they are. All right, there you go. They get a win on the road at the rack after bouncing back in that ugly Michigan loss. But yeah, to Kyle's point, who's all fired up, Minnesota took it to Michigan, just dominated them. And uh, Big Ten, you never know what's going to happen. Strikes again. Badgers back in action Wednesday night when they will host the Northwestern Wildcats. 8 o'clock tip, my God. The Green Bay Packers punching their ticket to the NFC Championship game against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is uh, exactly what we wanted, right, uh, right, Rowdy? As we wanted to have ourselves the GOAT versus the GOAT. Because a lot of people say Tom Brady's the GOAT, right, Rowdy? Oh, 100%. I think... Uh, but a lot of people also say Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT, right, Rowdy? 
What percentage of people do you think are saying Tom Brady's the GOAT these days? Like 99? He definitely has the advantage. Yeah, I'd say ni- I think he's 95 to 99. I think he cemented himself. And then you have Aaron Rodgers, who people say, yes, Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT. But then, with it's a caveat, right? Aaron Rodgers is the best thrower of the football. While Tom Brady is the best, what? Most accomplished. Yeah, most accomplished, best winner, I guess. So you have the GOAT versus best thrower of all time. The greatest of all time versus the best thrower of all time. This is a perfect matchup. The sizzle it sells is out of this world. Aaron Rodgers on the MVP season versus the guy with the most amount of rings ever in Tom Brady. And how did they get there? Well, the Packers beat the Rams on Saturday at Lambeau Field. The Packers' number one offense had no freaking problem with the Rams' number one defense. It got so bad for the Rams that Jalen, I'm sorry, Aaron Donald was on the sideline crying. What do you think of Aaron Donald crying on the sidelines? They dubbed him as the Terminator. I don't remember in the movies the Terminator ever crying. What do you think of Donald crying? I thought it was pretty fitting for the how the Packers ended up handling the Rams, which for the most part, they were in control of that game. There was a little bit in the third quarter where the Packers seemed to be uh, taking their third quarter break, but they uh, kept it together, end up winning by two touchdowns. But yeah, I can't, I can't can't find much to, I can't wait for Sunday at two. I can't find much to nitpick about this game on Saturday besides JK Scott throwing the ball to Mason Crosby on a botched kick or a botched field goal. Or I don't know what the hell that was all about. JK Scott, just be the fall guy there. Eh, terrible snap. And then there was bad snap. And then there was just a couple drops, but you're going to have that in every game. Like no one's going to be 100% catching the ball. Jared Goff, LA Rams, number one defense. Not good enough. Packers get it done. Devontae Adams scored right away. Aaron Rodgers threw for uh, another one. What was that for? Uh, Alan Lazard. Aaron Rodgers also running one on his feet. Now, I think that was my favorite touchdown, Rowdy. Was not the Lazard where Rodgers on the line. He looks up, he smiles because he sees the defense, reads it right, and then he hits Lazard for the bomb. My favorite one was Rodgers kind of kind of doing his own with the pump fake and then reaching out to the goal on the side. I think that was my favorite touchdown. Did you have a favorite touchdown of the game? Do you think Mahomes ever did that? <laughs> well, if you were asked the big J's, they would say Mahomes invented running uh, to the pylon and, and reaching the ball across the plate. With a pump fake? Yeah. Now, Rodgers just putting on a display. I mean, there were a lot of good ones, right? You name that one. Obviously, the bomb to Lazard was a cool one. Yeah. Or how about even just the scheme from Matt LaFleur getting Devontae Adams open for the very first touchdown on Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, with all, Ramsey freaking out. I mean, out. if you picked any one of those three, I feel like no one can argue with it. No, you. no one's going to argue with it at all. And then uh, the least... The least exciting one, even though it was exciting because they scored, was Aaron Jones, like what, from like the one-inch line of the goal line, just kind of getting in there. Good for uh, Aaron Jones, though. I love when he got in there and he pulled out that chain. He's like, yeah. Took him, took him a took little, him little bit. Took him a little bit to pull the chain out, yep. I thought they were going to have to cut to commercial because it, it looked like that thing must have been in there pretty deep because <laughs> they were digging in there for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, I know he's trying to advertise for his chain. You know, I kind of forget the company. I just saw him pop up on Facebook. But yeah, Aaron Jones. I don't know, man. I don't know. Looking good. I don't know. Maybe this will be his last hurrah at the Green Bay Packers. Do you think Aaron Jones is coming back real quick? I don't think he is. It's going to be tough to sign him. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be tough to sign him, and they drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round for a reason. Mm, yep. A.J. Dillon looked good, you know, in a brief amount of time, you know. Uh, Except for that fumble. Yep, and he got hurt. I don't think he came back. Jamal Williams didn't look too bad either in, uh, what, 12 Jamal carries? Williams was, obviously, Aaron Jones was a guy that had 99 yards rushing. He looked good. He scored a touchdown. But Jamal Williams was running hard. He was running yeah, hard. Was. What did he average, like five yards a carry, roughly? Jamal Williams averaged 5.5 yards, 5.4 yards a carry, 12 on 65 yards. So there you go from Jamal Williams. Yeah, he was running hard. Well, the whole Packers team was just playing out of their minds. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball. Well, hang on. Before we do that, looking at the offense here. And you can react to 608 321 The Rams had allowed only two plays of 50-plus yards all season prior to playing the Packers. The Packers had two alone yesterday, a 60-yard run and a 58-yard touchdown pass. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I know my favorite touchdown was him running it in, a little pump fake, then reaching over the plane. But when Aaron Rodgers looked up 
and just had that smirk on his face and then hit Alan Lazard. You're like, dude, this guy is dialed in. The Packers, 408 forward, 484 yards of offense were nearly 100 more than the most the Rams had allowed this season. And like I just said, the Packers had two plays of 50-plus yards. It was the Aaron Jones 60-yard run and the Alan Lazard 58-yard touchdown. The Rams, their number one defense just got, I don't know, could you say it got made silly by the Packers? It didn't look like a number one defense. It looked like just a pedestrian defense out there. The Packers were like, okay, next. Well, I mean, if you look at the Rams only allowed an average of 18.5 points per game going into this game. Mm -hmm. Now we did talk about last week how – some of that was against backup quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, some yeah, of that yeah. was against uh, some lesser teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Packers scored 32, which is two touchdowns above what they average giving up. And not to mention the Packers also had a botched PAT. They went for two and didn't get it. I mean, that left three points off the board just right there. Yeah. I mean, they, in theory, if they put a played a flawless game with no um, – Nothing that went wrong for the Packers. They could have had 35 points, which then you win by 17. You nearly doubled up the Rams at 18. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not complaining over, uh, you know, the Packers still just tuning up the L.A. Rams. Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald was a shell of himself. He was a ghost. Aaron Donald finished with one tackle. Oh, that's because there's a guy on the Packers offensive line named Elkin Jenkins who was handling Aaron Donald. Yeah, he handled him no problem. I think uh, once you start to kind of get dominate a little bit, and you, all of a sudden in the first quarter you have that personal foul because you're frustrated because Elton Jenkins is absolutely locking you down, I think those ribs might hurt a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, here is LaFleur talking about the domination of the O-line, and they're going to need it to do it again when they got the Buccaneers coming in. We're going to need more of that moving forward because we, whoever we play uh, next week, two great defenses, and we've, we've seen them both. And it's going to be a great challenge for us, a great challenge for this football team. So, you know, we'll enjoy this tonight, but we'll be ready to move on tomorrow night when we find out who we're playing. All right, here's more from LaFleur on the, what he's, you know, talking about the team and that win. You know, our guys went out there with the mentality that, you know, we were going to be physical, and I thought that showed through and really in all three phases. So, you know, obviously we'll enjoy it tonight, but we know that we're going to have a, a really tough opponent coming into our place for the NFC Championship game. All right, so this offensive line for the Packers, wow. Uh, the Rams came in in the playoffs having not allowed any team to run more than 136 yards. Packers put up 188. No offense had gained more than 390 yards on L.A. Packers put up 484. And then there's Aaron Rodgers, was never sacked. Aaron Rodgers had a clean Jersey. Yeah, just hit one time, too. Here is Matt LaFleur and what he told Rodgers before the game. As far as the pregame stuff, there's there's a lot of stuff that's said. But, um, you know, basically I said, hey, man, whatever you see out there, understand that you're, you're the guy in charge out there. So whatever you see, go with it. And he does such a great job every week of going out, knowing the game plan inside and out, knowing what everybody's supposed to do getting us in the right looks, and then going out there and executing. All right, so Rodgers, obviously you saw him just uh, a maestro out there, just conducting a, a symphony, beautiful symphony over the L.A. Rams. But, Rowdy, we were talking a little about the running backs, right? Here's the floor on the running backs. He said they have three number one backs. Our backs mentality is is unbelievable. All three of those guys, we feel like we've got three number ones, and no matter who's in there, they're going to produce, and that's a great luxury to have. And LaFleur, when Rodgers was beaming ear to ear when he, uh, before, right before he uncorked that pass for Alan Lazard, that touchdown, LaFleur says the running game led to that. Why, why that even uh, makes it feasible is because we lined up in the same formation multiple times and we're running the ball pretty well. Our guys, our receivers were doing a hell of a job getting in the mix, digging out safeties, and, and then you get the safety to suck up, and then you can go – go up over the top and create a, a huge play, a, a big explosive play for a touchdown. It was a beautiful thing, man. Very beautiful thing to see. And um, looking at the Packers, oh, real quick, so we were making fun of um, <laughs> we were making fun of J.K. Scott playing hot potato with that ball and that failed extra point where he like shoveled it off to uh, you know Mason Crosby and Crosby's like, why are you why are you giving me the ball? Like, I'm a kicker. What do you, J.K. Scott just sort of taking it. Well, Crosby got a little banged up, and he took a while to get out of the locker room at halftime. Here's LaFleur and Crosby's injury. 
as far as Mason's shoulders concerned, you know, it showed a lot of grit and toughness to come back in the game. I know he's not 100 percent, but, uh, you know, he came through and, and delivered big for us. Yeah. I believe it was uh, Herb Brooks that said something close to the shoulders a hell of a long way from the foot. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, it's, that play was hilarious. Like, well, J.K. Scott, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you shoveling it up to, to Mason Crosby? What are you doing? Just, just fall down. What was he doing, Rowdy? I, I have when J.K. Scott does anything other than punt the football, <laughs> you kind of wondering what the hell are you doing? What are you doing, dude? Like, what are you doing? All right, uh, and then how about this? And even sometimes when he punts the football, you're wondering like, what, are what you the doing? hell are you doing? And then there's this on the flip side for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, real quick, said that the line, the offensive line, is the MVP of the game. I think you and I both agreed on that in the six o'clock hour, right? Like that's the MVP. That no was the sacks, start of the show. Just one quarterback hit. He was relatively had a clean pocket the entire game. Yeah. Not much pressure. No Bakhtiari, you know. He went down January thirty first, you know, in twenty the last twenty twenty nut kick. And you mentioned how the Rams had only given up hundred and thirty six yards rushing. It was like the most they did coming into this game. Packers put up a huge number. That also goes into your offensive line. Yep. It was the thing of beauty, man. It was really, really beautiful to watch that line work. And then on the flip side, uh, this guy's taking a lot of heat, especially just because just of where he was picked in the draft and how he was a project and how he could have been a little injured. But, my God, he's coming into his own now. Rashawn Gary was graded out as the highest-graded defensive player for the Packers against the Rams. He totaled uh, seven total pressures, tying a single-game high for his career. And then you throw on what he did with Kenny Clark as well. Uh, those were the two defenders that really stood out, and Jair Alexander was a beast as well. But Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark were disruptors. You know, Zedarius and Preston Smith looked pretty good too. Yeah, that that defensive line, if they play like they did on Saturday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady is going to be feeling it. Tommy. Rashawn Gary, and like I've said, I never would have picked him at number 12. I still don't like the pick, but he's played really well, especially down the stretch. He's been great. He's been and great. Zadarius Smith has always been the constant. He played well. Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark were obviously the two beasts on that defensive line. And even Preston Smith having two big knockdowns, yeah. which which were in key points when they needed stops on third down, and all of a sudden he gets he bats a ball down. All four of them played pretty well. Yeah. Uh, the duo of Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark, they combined for three sacks, two tackles for loss, and five quarterback hits. Wow. As a defense, the Packers held the Rams to just two for eight on third down and 244 total yards. And when you can get pressure like that from four different guys, and obviously you're able to rotate Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary for the most part. Mm-hmm. That obviously makes your defense that much better, but how about how much better that makes your secondary? Yeah, you don't have to go. You don't have to cover your receivers for as long. Mm-hmm. the The quarterback doesn't have as much time to find guys. But I do have one thing I have to say about Mike Pettin. So you know how they started that game, Cam Akers. They started bottling up Cam Akers pretty well until Jared Goff started finding the holes in the in the, in the zone, zone yeah. because they had. They were they came out there with like a five man front. Yes. And they weren't just playing four man front with two on uh two on their feet. So that was nice to see. But the one thing that I still don't understand what Mike Petton was doing, why did I see Rashawn Gary? Why did I see Dean Lowry? And why did I see Preston Smith all drop into coverage <laughs> at different points during the game? None of those guys need to be in coverage. They need to be going after the the quarterback every single time. I think we I think we all can agree on that, right? Yeah. Those three guys, or yeah. even Zadarius Smith, but I just remember those three: Lowry, Preston Smith, yeah. and Rashawn Gary in coverage, just in general. Why? Why? Um, Especially when they were rough, or rushing the passer like they were. Here's a uh, one more last comment from Lafleur before we get to our Packer insider Rob Reichel from Forbes.com. Lafleur talks about the intensity of the uh, defense this past couple months here. That's one thing that I think is is really shown through really the last half of the season is just the intensity level. Uh, it all starts with the preparation. I feel like it, it shows up in practice, and it's not a surprise that it translates and shows up in the game. Yeah, the defense has uh, definitely ramped it up these past couple weeks. Past couple months, actually. The Packers have punched their ticket to the NFC Championship game. Got to turn on some Zeppelin. 
My man comes from the land of the ice and snow, the frozen tundra. Rob Reichel, our Packers insider. What's up, Robbie? Sounds like we're going to have a little ice and snow on, on, on Sunday, Evo. I know. Or maybe a little bit of snow. Rob, so. before we go back and look what happened in that Rams game and then advance the story what's going to happen on Sunday, is there anything better than playoff football when there's a little snow coming down at Lambeau Field? You want to know what, Evo? It's so funny. I've been doing this for like, you know, covering the Packers for like 20 years, and I've been in this business like 30 years. And, and I said to somebody on, on Sunday, I said, you know, uh, uh, it, you do with this amount of time, right, in any profession that you're in, you, you get a little bit jaded. You yes. get a little, right, you, you, you become you a little get more jaded. You, you become a curmudgeon a little bit as you get old. But, but I'll tell you what, just, you know, walking into that stadium on Saturday, you know, looking ahead to the NFC Championship game. Mm. I mean, that, that that's why you get into this business. I mean, th- there's nothing better, Evo. I mean, the, the fans were unbelievable. You know, those eight to 9,000 people. I mean, the, the, the players aren't wrong. I mean, the, the, the press box is a very, you know, stoic, almost, you know, funeral-like. Yeah, the press box stinks, Robbie. you got to be like, you can't yeah. cheer. You can't do anything besides, like, straighten right. your tie. Which, which is great. I, I wouldn't want it any other way. I mean, but it is like, you know, people don't realize it's, it's like going to church. Yes. And, you know, it's going to be quiet for the most part. And um, it, But a lot of times, Evo, you know, those those fans over there don't get too crazy. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of not to be whatever, you know, folks, you know, 70 and older, and they, they don't like you standing up in front of them and things like that. <laughs> but those, 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 those people in there the other day, I'm, I'm telling you, guys like Alan Lazard and Rogers and, Kenny Clark, who said, you know, 9,000 sounded like 90,000 yeah. aren't wrong because because the, the, the noise they made resonated up in the press box. And, and my point with all this, Evo, is that, you know, on a normal Sunday, you know, in September against the Lions, it it, it doesn't sound dramatically louder. So really? um, it, 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 it was fantastic how those people stepped up. Um, I would expect it's even louder come, come this Sunday. Because there'll be more yeah, fans, right? There's going to be more fans in the stands, correct? If well, you know. they announced last night similar numbers. Oh, that, okay. I, I, I would certainly, you know, I, I would certainly hope maybe Murphy budges on that a little bit, and because that that went incredibly well, it was smooth. They didn't use the upper bowl, yeah. Um, Evo, it was all the lower bowl for the most part, and in some suites, uh, you know, the the midsection there where the suites are and things like that. I mean, you you could certainly put some people upstairs. Rob, I saw and Lil spread Wayne them out a little bit more and add another four or five thousand people. I saw Lil Wayne in a suite. Were you rubbing elbows with Wheezy F Baby at all? Yeah, I, I, I didn't get to I didn't get to pull that off. You know, you you didn't challenge story. him to like a rap battle or something, Rob. Maybe this week, you know, if, 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 we, if we cross paths somewhere there, Evo. I, I, I think we're actually pretty close to where he was, but, you know, that's, uh, you know, that, that, that's also not largely my cup of tea, Evo. That, that, that seems <laughs> well, like yeah. up more your Robbie, alley. I'm playing, I'm playing Led Zeppelin when you were coming in, not some Lil Wayne, you know. like I, If anything, I, check no, out I, the Carter, too. It's his best album. I know we're about 40 years off on the music there, I think, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rob, because lo- I mean, I'm looking at your Twitter account right now, at Rob Reichel, and I saw your pictures, plenty of leg room today for Packer fans. How I know it was loud and it was cool to have fans back in there, but, yeah, I mean, of all the playoff games you've been to, how weird was it to not see a jam-packed Lambeau field in the playoffs? Well, I mean, it was obviously a little bit weird, Evo, but, you know, you, you go back through the whole year, and, it, yeah, and that's it's true. been weird because nobody has been there. So, um, you know, Normally, and I live closer to Milwaukee, it, it's a two-and-a-half-hour deal to, you know, get get from home probably to the press box, and I've easily knocked 30, 40 minutes off that through the course <laughs> of the year because there's no traffic evil going into Lambeau, which is which is such a dramatic difference. Yeah. Um, just to even have that, you know, eight or 9,000, though, really did provide a lift. And, That's awesome. And again, they, they, they were spread out. Was anyone tailgating? Did anyone was yeah. anyone tailgating beer, you know, brats, grills? Yeah, and, and for the most part, no. They they, they didn't want people doing that, Evo, and oh, okay. I, I think that was even put out in in the memo that that wasn't going to be allowed. But you know, I mean, it, it it at least was a boom a little bit for the you know for the local economy yeah, totally. to to get people back into town and um, you know at least taking getting takeout or whatever they chose to do that yeah. that particular day. And and again, I I fully anticipate it's going to be. 
very similar and, and probably even ramped up a totally. little bit come, come Sunday when, when Tom Brady and the game come to town. All right, Rob, so you were there in attendance. Let's talk about what happened during that game. You even took time out of your busy day to tweet at me, and I thank you for that, Rob. I'm glad I showed up in your timeline. As I was trying to uh, stir the pot and troll some fans a little bit, and a couple Rams fans did bite, but I said that Devontae Adams greater than Jalen Ramsey uh, after that first touchdown by Tay. Now, it wasn't really you know Jalen Ramsey's fault. It was more of the scheming of Matt LaFleur, but did who won that matchup? I know the Packers won. Did Devontae Adams win that matchup over Jalen Ramsey? He probably did. You know, in a, it wasn't a TKO, but maybe he gets the standing eight count or he wins by decision or something like that. Obviously, he wins because the team wins the football game, Evo. But, you know, his numbers, too, were better than what I thought they'd be. I think, I think um, you know, Rodgers' QB rating when he went with, with Ramsey as the uh, closest defender or the defender in – you know, responsible for the wide receiver who had the catch. Um, Rodgers had a passer rating of like 140 or better going at Ramsey. So Ramsey didn't have a great day, but I mean, I will tell you, I mean, I watched him and Adams closely. Some of those, some of those battles were outstanding, Evo. And, you know, it, it, it even started before the game when, yeah. when Ramsey was trying to stir things up and Adams ran over to him and, and had a few things to say and said, I'm not like, you know, the average joker you'll see on a, on a normal Sunday afternoon. And, and they were, you know, yipping and yapping and jawing at each other you know, an hour before kickoff, and it had to be broken up. So, I mean, the the, the battle itself was, was outstanding. I, I, I'd give Adams the edge, Evo. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, not only because I think he, he slightly won the head-to-head, but obviously his team won. All right, Rob, so, so another battle that we were watching there out on the field was Aaron Donald versus that offensive line and Aaron Rodgers. I, th- I think we got to say, as Aaron Rodgers tabbed the, the offensive line, the MVP of the game, they definitely won that battle over, over Aaron Donald, correct? Yeah, Donald just clearly wasn't himself. I mean, the, we, we, it, it is remarkable. I was having this, this discussion with a scout last night, Evo, that, you know, in these two years here that Matt LaFleur has taken over, um, you know, Green Bay has been so remarkably healthy, and they've caught a lot of breaks along the way running into teams time after time, week after week, that have just been been dinged and decimated by injury. I mean, the Cooper Cup injury was huge right before the before the game started. I, yeah. I mean, at best, Aaron Donald was 50% of himself. Uh, you know, when Aaron Jones hit that big 60-yard run to start the second half, for example, Evo Aaron Jones was on the sideline. Or I'm sorry, Aaron Donald was on the sideline. Um, he, he, he didn't play that first series coming out of, you know, coming out of halftime, they they were, you know, I, I I didn't look yesterday what his final snap count was, but I'd have to imagine it was in the 30s or something like that, Evo, compared to a normal week where I'm sure he's between 60 and 70. So, I mean, at best, he, he appeared like 50, 60% of what he normally was. Um, you know, that, that Corey Lindsley had faced him, for example, I think Evo in like 2018 and 2014 or 15, something like that. And, and you know, and, and, and it this wasn't close to the same Aaron Donald that Lindsley had seen um, in in the past. It, it wasn't the, it wasn't close to the same Aaron Donald that the league has seen. So that that rib cartilage stuff was far worse, I think, than um, than than they let on through the week. I mean, they they even tried to you know disguise it almost to take him off the injury list and things like that by the end of the week. But he was he was beat to nonsense, Evo. But but undoubtedly. Green Bay won that matchup uh, against the front. I thought Brockers was really good for the Rams, yeah. but for the most part, Green Bay really contained their defensive front. You know, Rodgers wasn't sacked. You know, what they run the ball for 188, I think, something like that. Yep. Um, so they, they they went absolutely bongos on the ground. And, and Evo, they're, they're going to need to have similar productivity out of that old line and probably out of the run game to beat uh, to beat Tampa Bay this week. Yeah, Rob Reich is joining us right now. Our Packers Insider. Check his workout at Forbes.com. His Twitter account at Rob Reich. Uh, at Rob Reich. Excuse me. Robbie, you know, Tom Brady, different story than a guy named Jared Goff who's got three pins in his thumb. Tom Brady, a habitual winner, right? And I had uh, texted you and said, I want Brady. I want him. And you texted me back saying, be careful what you wish for. Rob, what are we thinking here? Uh, do the Packers have to have a similar blueprint like they did against the Rams, or are we thinking back to earlier in the regular season when the Packers kind of got tuned up by the Buccaneers? Like, what what are we thinking of this NFC Championship game, Rod, uh, Rob? Rodgers versus Brady. What do we got? What are we thinking? Well, it's early in the week, and we'll see how some of these things play out. But it, but it, but to me, this this was the scariest matchup for Packer Nation to 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 end up end up facing. Uh, I mean, 
Tom Brady's the greatest winner in the history of the league. To me, he's undoubtedly the greatest player in the history of the league because he's the greatest winner. I mean, you're you're talking – I'm just going to throw a couple of real quick numbers by you, Evo, that'll blow your mind. I mean, he has 32 playoff wins, and the the next quarterback in terms of who's closest to him, Evo, is Joe Montana with 16. I mean, he he has him doubled. Um, He's playing in his 14th conference championship game. I think it's nine of the last ten years, too, Evo. He's been in a conference title game. No other quarterback in the history of the league has been in more than seven. Again, that's Joe Montana. I mean, nine Super Bowl appearances, six six championships. I mean, the guy is just the – I mean, he's the absolute last guy, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I wanted to see on my way to trying to win a second Super Bowl. Drew Brees and the Saints, I think, would have been a far – Far more favorable matchup for Green Bay just because Breeze can't throw the ball more than 10 or 15 yards down the field. But across the board, Evo, I mean, there's this is a stacked Tampa Bay team. It really is. I mean, I think Green Bay is an outstanding football team, but, but there aren't a lot of spots where right now I, I would give them the edge. I mean, Tampa Bay has three legitimate number one wide receivers. They have two legitimate number one tight ends. They have two legitimate number one running backs. There's, there's so much... So much young, gifted talent and speed across that defense. Um, it, it, the game, Evo, will look nothing like that 38-10 game people watched in, in October where Tampa ran Green Bay out of the building down there. This, this will be a field goal game one way or the other, but but the bottom line is is Tom Brady. Evo, he has 14 fourth-quarter game-winning drives <laughs> in playoff games. In playoff games. He That's has wild. 14 fourth-quarter drives to go win the game. No other quarterback in the history of the league has more than 16 wins That's in, the, in, the, in the postseason. I mean, the numbers are incredible. So, you know, if this game's 24-24 all in the fourth quarter, Evo, and Tom Brady has the ball, I mean, look out. He's, he's the all-time greatest winner. And, and then you throw in the fact that Aaron Rodgers is 1-3 in conference championship games. Uh. His passer rating, Evo, is 78. He struggled immensely. He actually, in conference title games, Evo has more interceptions and touchdowns, and I know the state media this week is going to poo-poo that like crazy. All the Rogers apologists are going to be out in full force, and they're going to they're going to throw names at you like Brandon Bostic and Mike McCarthy, and you know they're they're going to break up the fact that uh, you know Pepper should have never told Ha Ha Clinton. Uh, to why did he do that, Rob? Why did he do that? I'm I'm just telling you when you, when you go back and trace the history of of these four NFC Championship games that Aaron Rodgers has been in. The consistent link and theme is that he has not been very good, and he certainly hasn't been good enough to get to the Packers to get the Packers to the Super Bowl consistently. The one year they went in 2010, it was on the backbone of that defense. So they they need Rodgers. The bottom line here, Evo, is they need Rodgers to be the best player on the field Sunday, not not, and certainly not the second best quarterback because the one spot where they might have an advantage right now is quarterback. Even even though Brady's the all-time greatest winner. He is forty three, and he's 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 got right. He's got a spring chicken. Is, is that what he is? He was he forty three? Yes. Um, yep. Yeah. And he is not so, a spring chicken, no. By by any means. I mean, I I thought he was mediocre, a little bit better than that yesterday, and they won because of their defense. But but I'll tell you what, Brady's good enough to ramp it up. Rogers needs to play at the okay. MVP level, Evo, that he's played at all season long for them to have a chance. Well, Robbie, I mean, you brought up a lot of things there, right? So I'm going to try. I try to remember all this here. My short-term memory struggles <laughs> sometimes. But Aaron Rodgers needs to be at his best, right? Well, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the MVP of the league. They said they need a good play from the defense as well. The defense has been just lights out for the Packers these past couple of months. And all the other losses they've had were on the road in NFC Championship games. It's at Lambeau Field this time. Uh, all of that, I think, have to be playing in the Packers' favor, correct? Like, this is going to be – I mean, this game is going to be legendary. It's, it's the GOAT versus another GOAT, right? Rob, yep. everything, though, right now is looking like it's trending in the Packers' favor. From being at home, Aaron Rodgers MVP, and the defense being markedly better. We're going to find out. I mean, they, they've wanted this game at Lambeau Field forever, and they haven't had a, an NFC Championship game at home since 07. It, it wound up being Brett Favre's last last game as a Packer. We all remember it, 23-20 Giants in overtime, right? Um, this won't be Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Packer, you know, unless something crazy happens on, on Sunday or in the offseason. But um, they've, they've wanted this game here for a long, long time, Evo, and, and we'll see. I, I, again, I, I think the one thing – 
that, that you didn't count on maybe is Tom Brady, who's a Michigan guy, right? He, so he grew up in our area for the most part, yep. and he spent 20 years in the frigid Northeast. I mean, if any quarterback knows how to win games and play in cold weather and snow and ice and rain and garbage, it's Tom Brady, right? This, this isn't a Southern quarterback. This isn't a guy like Goff coming from L.A. It's, it's not even a guy like Breeze coming from, from, from New Orleans or something like that. It's, it, it, it's probably the last guy you would have wanted to come to Lambeau Field in, in this And who would have thought, game. Rob, a guy that pretty could be that tough? You know who it sounds like <laughs> might be one of the most important keys to that game on Sunday, Rob? Whoever's checking the balls and the pressure in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well. Because Rodgers that, that, likes that, them inflated and Tom Brady likes them deflated. I, 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 am, I am sure that's going to play into it somewhere. <laughs> that, 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 that's a good call. Um, I'll tell you what, I think you used the word legendary, Evo, and that's what this is going to be. It, it, this, I, I was tracing the the history last night of, of matchup, quarterback matchups in, in NFC championship games, and, and we've had some great ones, right? We've had, we've had um, you know, Joe Montana against Troy Aikman in the early 90s. Steve Young then replaced Montana, and we had, you know, we had, we had Young against Aikman at that point in time. You guys remember back to, to even Montana against, um, Starbucker in the early '80s, and um, I mean, we, we we've just had some legendary ones through the years. Um, you know, even along the way, Favre and Steve Young and yeah. things like that. This to me will be the best quarterback matchup we've ever seen in an in an NFC Hands championship down. game, right? Um, you're talking about you're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time, and if Rodgers guys can get a second ring, he probably jumps into that conversation a top five all time. So. Um, yeah, an unbelievable amount at stake. You can't imagine a. You couldn't have drawn up a better matchup. No. I just this is everything it, you it, wanted. Everything you could write. You could write this as a movie script. Yeah, I just. I it, it should probably be the late game Sunday night because right. the ratings are going to be insane. But if if they had put that in the five thirty time slot, I, I can't even imagine what that number would have been. Evil. Well, Robbie, it's Monday. We got some more time to talk about it this week. I know you're going to join us again on Thursday. We can't wait to hear you break it down as we near closer to the NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field. Robbie, you did a hell of an effort, a hell of a job on Saturday covering the Packers. Kick your feet up for one day and relax. All right, brother? <laughs> we'll try to do it. Thanks, Thanks pal. <laughs> all right, see you, man. There he is, Rob Reichel. Follow him on uh, Forbes.com, Twitter at Rob Reichel.